So welcome to Concurrent Technologies. This fantastic business has more than three decades experience in designing and making uh, things called single board computers. So these are very high end um, demanding computers. They're rugged often, which means customers can put them through extremely challenging environmental situations. And uh, they're based singularly historically on Intel processors. So when Intel launches a chipset, this company will design and manufacture a single board computer around that chipset. Been doing that for more than 30 decades, a, you know, a solid business. I joined the business 18 months ago, and it would be fair to say that those 18 months have been the most transformative for this company. Uh, so the reason I wanted to join this brilliant organization was because I could see there was substantial untapped potential. Uh, we have a factory in Colchester in Essex, which runs one shift five days a week historically a well-equipped factory, enormous amounts of capacity. So I come to the business with a lot of experience in transforming technology businesses, uh, and I've hired a team around me with similar and complementary skills. And 18 months into my journey with this organization, uh, what's the progress? Well, first and foremost, the way that we sell our product is when a customer is designing their product, a vehicle say, they get to a point in time where they want to choose what compute capability they want in their vehicle. At that time, we have to deliver them an evaluation product alongside our competitors for sure. And if we get down selected, we're then designed in to our customers manufacturing program for maybe up to 10 years. So we see the revenue coming uh, a long way ahead. The critical thing is having that evaluation product ready. Uh, it's just a fact that historically, we've lagged Intel's launch by up to 12 or even 18 months. So that's 18 months of market window where we haven't had product available and therefore we don't get access to that 10 years of repeat revenue for that customer's manufacturing program. So first thing we've really leaned into is R&D. In 2022, we spent approximately twice as much money on R&D as we did in 2021 in order to close that gap between our launch and Intel's launch. We are called concurrent technologies. We should aim to be concurrent with Intel. We've made good progress there. We also set ourselves a challenge of doubling the number of products launched in 22, which we achieved. So that leaning into R&D uh, of the 52 hires we made last year, our headcount is 129. So two fifths of our employees have joined in the last year. Uh, of those recruits, the majority were in engineering. So really pushing hard on product development. We've also uh, substantially upgraded the sales team. The result of that is last year's order intake was better than 25% higher than the prior year. So more than 30 million pounds last year. The prior year was 25.2 million pounds, which was itself the highest ever order intake for this business. So we're really starting to see demand from customers start to pick up. We're early in that strategy, but nonetheless, it's very pleasing. The second part of our strategy then is our single board computers go into systems that include many other cards as well as, of course, the system itself. And so we want to claim ownership of more elements of the system and the system in order to give the customer a broader access to product, but clearly also to drive our own financial performance. 
And I'm pleased to say we've made good progress there. So if you were to go to our website, you would see that for the first time ever, this company is selling COTS systems. We have three that we're starting to sell. We also secured our first ever custom system with a FTSE 250 customer. So that's great. Uh, we are selling cards now that aren't just single board computers, either cards that we're designing and making ourselves or cards that we're offering to the market through partnership. We're also highly acquisitive in nature. So we are working a pipeline of acquisition and that strategy will all be about claiming more ownership within a system or the system itself. We've made a few very good strategic hires, people that understand these systems. The third part of our strategy at the moment then is home markets. We're based in the UK and yet less than 5% of our revenue historically is UK revenue. Um, so we should get much more involved in the UK ecosystem uh, in a post-Brexit sovereign capability environment. We're largely unknown and yet customers spend uh, tens, maybe hundreds of millions of pounds per annum in the UK on products like ours. Our second home market then is the United States. Roughly 40% of our revenue is derived from the US. By the way, 70% of our revenue is defense related. Uh, and at the moment we have a sales team, very good sales team and some support engineers in the US, but we need to be more authentically present in the United States. We've made some additional good hires in the States We've qualified a manufacturing partner who can now make our product, which enables us to put the sticker on product made in America. And we are, as I said, acquisitive, and that's with a bias towards the United States. So making good progress there. In terms of numbers, this business has done around high teens, 20 million of revenue per annum for many years. Uh, last year's revenue, the market is expecting mid high teens. So that's somewhat suppressed due to the components challenges that we're still amongst, but it is starting to ease slightly. So if I take the order intake number I gave you for 2021, which is 25.2 million, you might expect the revenue in the following year to be somewhat similar to that. Uh, so we're developing a substantial backlog. As the supply chain eases, we can expect a surge in revenue. I said we have a factory that historically has done one shift five days a week. Since October, we've been doing two shifts five days a week, and we have plans in place to enable three shifts seven days a week if we have the volume and the parts. Uh, and additionally, I also said we've qualified a third-party manufacturing partner, which is additional volume. So we should be looking into a pretty positive 2023 and beyond. Those strategies I talked about are only just starting uh, our sales cycles are very long, so real growth in this business you'll experience 24, 25 and beyond. But nonetheless, you know, purchase orders in hand is a substantial amount of work to get done, which is a great opportunity for us in the short term. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. 18 months, these past 18 months have been transformational. Um, and you were at the helm. Um, I'm just wondering, are you still recruiting at the same pace? No, not the same pace. So the majority of that recruiting is done. There are a few specialist roles that we continue to look for. Uh, my management team, we've recruited some extremely experienced individuals. That team is now complete. Uh, but of course, we look for talent wherever it is. So you talk about the two homes. 
here in the UK and in the US. But you also mentioned the, the post-Brexit um, paradigm that we currently inhabit. Does this mean that a European push is unlikely? Now, Europe's big for us. So, yes, the United States is 40% of our revenue. Europe is a similar size, uh, but we derive that business through distributors, a, a very good group of distributors, and we've not seen any, any decline in business from Europe. In the short term, though, the areas we need to strengthen our, I say, entanglement in the ecosystem is the UK and the US. I love your website and I look at it all and I went right down to the bottom and I picked up on a key word, obsolescence. Now, you, do, you are unique in the fact that you are very anti-obsolescence and you've made a big deal of it on your website. So talk to us about this um, devotion to obsolescence management or preventing obsolescence. Thank you. Yeah, if a customer buys a product from us on day one, they need to know they can buy the exact same product in year seven or year 10, sometimes even year 20. So we will offer customers upfront additional services um, at cost that will enable them to guarantee access to the exact same product many, many years later. So we'll manage that issue on behalf of customers because a lot of our customers are designing products that go through heavy assurance programs. You know, if it's a piece of defense equipment, for example, uh, they have to absolutely guarantee that they understand every single part. If you buy two boards from us 10 years apart, they are identical right down to the final component. You could go to the high street now and buy two computers that look exactly the same and have the same part number, but actually they'd have different innards. So in terms of those innards and parts, how are you mitigating supply shortages? You know, what's the, the big challenge now? Is it is it getting those bits the innards yeah so we leaned into building our inventory so we've doubled our inventory holding so that when the final part does become available we've got all of the rest ready to go i think that was the right strategy other people were cutting cost uh, we chose not to do that the fact we have in-house manufacturing is extremely unusual in this market most businesses like ours one are 10 or 100 times the size and most businesses like ours use third-party manufacturers exclusively so that enables us to replan the factory. So if the parts that come in are a little different in mix to what we had hoped or expected, then we can replan the factory, which is an enormous asset. I do expect it to ease during this year. Okay, so um, I'm going to, Ian's um, asked a follow-up question. You say component limitations are beginning to ease. Only beginning? What's the timing expectations for improvements? Varies. So the impact of components on us is it delayed our lead time to customers from 16 weeks out to 40 weeks. We've lived through that revenue push out. So that's done. So even if on average the supply chain doesn't change, we're now delivering products that were purchase orders from 40 weeks ago. So in that uh, average world, we should be returning to, let's say, normal performance this year. There are specific components issues, though. So in general, it's getting easier. You're seeing availability improve. You're seeing price of RAM, for example, drop. But you know, our, our product is dependent on some very specific one-off components, and we're not out of the woods in managing those with our suppliers yet. 
So Ian's really getting under the skin of your company. He's obviously interested. He says you have many customers, but only around 20 million of revenue. That seems only a small sum per product per customer. Can you comment? Yeah, products cost typically between 2,000 or 20,000 pounds per product. Um, I said earlier that my passion for this business was driven by the fact I think it's got huge unfulfilled potential. So that 18 months window, I said we had historically perhaps missed, represents very broadly a doubling of the size of the business in terms of opportunity, perhaps more, because if you're early to market, you've got fewer competitors. Um, and then by really driving uh, more product development, doubling the number of products per annum, we might see a doubling of business again. And that's the business against the scope it already had that excludes anything we might do with systems. So as a management team, we have substantial ambition to um, not just slightly grow the business, but absolutely transform it into a mid to large company. Exponentially, it sounds like. Mark Spooner asks, you say your R&D has increased a lot. Are you still keeping R&D spend at this high level? Yes. Uh, we're not looking to increase it further for the time being. Um, but you know, I went to a show in the States in autumn a uh, very large uh, technology and defense show. Customers were really keen to talk to us about the products that we're now designing. Uh, and in the States, they talk about program values, which are really quite substantial. So reducing R&D would be the wrong thing to do. If we're going to step up into a 30, 40, 50, 100 million pound business, then we need to have products that drive that growth. So finally, um, 18 months transformational. You've been at the helm. Um, what are the next 18 months going to look like? How are they going to be defined? Uh, it'll be defined by we will have a systems business. We've got some initial contracts for systems, but we will clearly have a systems business. Uh, we aspire during that period to have made more than one acquisition, but let's see. So we'll feel a very different group. Uh, we'll authentically be much more American as well as UK. And um, and people will know us for being a systems business. At the moment, we're known for being a single board computer business. Miles, tremendous. Miles Adcock, Chief Executive of Concurrent Technologies. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.